Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Um, ladies and gentlemen, this is a really kind of emotional day for me, and uh, I know it is for a lot of you as well. There was some incredible breaking news last night. By the way, forgive me for the surroundings. We're on a road show today. We're in lovely Magnolia, Arkansas, which is an absolutely beautiful place. Thank you all for the hospitality. Um, but we were not going to be held off the air today. Last night, you found out, and we'll get to this shortly, that this probe is now turned into a criminal investigation by John Dorham into the Spygate plotters. And some of the things I've been telling you and others to disperse the credit evenly amongst fantastic journalists and investigative reporters who've done tremendous work. What we've been telling you now for two years is finally coming true. You didn't waste your time here. It's a very emotional day for me. I mean that. I say that with no sense of hyperbole or dramatization for any kind of effect. I'm going to lay out for you today, again, exactly what happened, why these people are freaking out, why Brennan, as I said last night on Hannity, John Brennan is in adult diapers, and what exactly, precisely is the problem for them right now, and I promise you will be left with no questions when this is over. One quick note before we get started as well, thank you to all the veterans and people who've lost men and women, heroes in combat, who uh, commented on my show the other day about the serious situation. Your words were very touching and heartfelt. Paul and I read your emails, and I want you to know they deeply touched us, so thank you very much. All right, let's get right to it. Uh, Joe's not here today. He'll be back on Monday. We're giving him a little break on the weekend due to the travel show. Today's show brought to you by our buddies at GenuCell. Folks, here's an email. Our friends at GenuCell got it's a good one. I can't get over how much and how quickly GenuCells helped me. The jawline cream has made my uh, jaw and neck two separate body parts for the first time. Wow. My bags and puffiness are gone. It really is the skin's fountain of youth. Thank you, GenuCell, for making me look and feel young again. That's Juliana from Austin, Texas, raving about her amazing transformation. Thanks to, thanks to GenuCell. Now it's your turn to see results. Everybody loves GenuCell in my household, my mother-in-law, my wife. I use it when I go on TV. It's great for guys too. Check it out. Chamonix clearing out their inventory before the holiday season, folks. Before the holiday season. Order GenuCell's jawline treatment with MDL technology packed with natural peptides to target that annoying turkey neck. Gobble, gobble. And get the classic GenuCell for bags and puffiness. Absolutely free. Yes, free. And for results in 12 hours, the GenuCell immediate effects is also free. This once a year offer is backed by their 60-day, 100% money-back guarantee. There's no risk to you. Go to GenuCell.com, enter Dan30 at checkout. That's Dan30 at checkout. GenuCell.com, G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com, GenuCell.com. Get a, get a surprise luxury gift with your order, enter Dan30 at checkout. Go to GenuCell.com, enter Dan30 at checkout. That's GenuCell.com. Check it out. All right, let's go, folks. You, I am ready as I've ever been for a show in my entire life. First, as I've said to you earlier in the week, John Brennan, Jim Clapper, and James Comey, the three lead, three musketeers of the Spygate idiocy, have now been busted. Uh, John Durham, unquestionably, the United States attorney looking into it, has honed in on Brennan and the others, and they are now sweating as they uh, lose control of their bowel functions, wearing, again, their adult diapers, and they can't seem to control themselves anymore. So I want to walk through for you these, these, these items here. I had said to you earlier in the week that on Friday's show, I was going to make a conclusive case that, and I'm going to end the show today, by the way, by showing you how Jim Comey's not innocent in this. He is a total disaster as well, so don't worry. I'm going to make a conclusive case to you on how the FBI was misled by John Brennan and the CIA into an investigation to spy on Donald Trump. Please, please, I'm imploring you. I'm begging you to keep that one point in mind throughout this whole thread, that John Brennan was the founder of the feast. He is the one who initiated this entire operation. He misled the FBI because John Brennan had no law enforcement powers to starting a criminal investigation and a counterintelligence investigation into his political opponent, Donald Trump, because John Brennan was essentially a politician disguised as the CIA director. Keep that in mind. And this will all make sense. First, number one from The Wall Street Journal. Last night, you may have seen the breaking news. Barr's review of the Russia probe is now a criminal investigation. Ladies and gentlemen, this is huge. Why is it huge? Why does this matter to you? Folks, we've been dancing around for a long time, been playing games with this. Finally, there's some action. A criminal probe matters. Why is that? Because now they can convene a grand jury. If they can convene a grand jury in a criminal probe, that means there may be indictments. May. 
Again, I'm never optimistic about the DOJ, even under the leadership of the stellar uh, uh, Bill Barr. Having said that, it's a step. It's a positive step. Nobody should be overly dramatic about it, but it is a positive step. If you can convene a grand jury and crimes we know were committed, the leak to David Ignatius of the Washington Post about the Flynn phone call, and what I believe now is a concerted effort by our intelligence bureaucracy to mislead the FBI, there is strong potential for criminal indictments now. Well, be patient. Nobody's jumping the gun on this. We've been disappointed before. This is a positive, extremely positive first step. Nobody opens a criminal investigation at that level with this serious of a case without some predicate for investigation. Nobody. Sorry, Siri. That's not Siri. Be quiet. That was my phone. (laughs) Did you catch that? Number two, showing you the panic that's now breaking out. I mean, really breaking out. Look at the New York City Bar, the Bar Association of New York, in a tweet they sent out yesterday. Conveniently, the same day, showing you the panic that's broken out. New York City Bar Association now wants, no pun intended, Barr, Bill Barr, the Attorney General, if you look at this tweet, to recuse himself from the investigation. Now, why would they want that? New York City Bar tweet calls on Attorney General Barr to recuse himself from the DOJ review of Ukraine-related issues. If he fails to do so, he should resign or, failing that, be subject to sanctions, including possible removal by Congress. What are they worried about with the Ukraine investigation? How does that relate to what we saw last night? Oh, I'll get to that later. little tie to George Soros, our buddy Soros, and the malfeasance in Ukraine in the 2016 election trying to hurt Donald Trump. Why are they panicked right now? Why does the New York City Bar not want Bill Barr looking into that? Conveniently, on the same day, a criminal probe is opened up by John Durham, one of his United States attorneys looking into that. Let me show you one more tweet before we get started. Remember, it's all going to come out now that Johnny Brennan misled everybody into starting the biggest counterintelligence investigation, weaponized law enforcement operation in U.S. history to investigate what essentially was his boss's political opponent. This is going to get good. Check out this tweet by Jack Posobiec over at OANN. Breaking, Dorham is pursuing lines of criminal investigation that the CIA may have willfully misled the FBI into opening the Russian investigation under false pretenses. Folks, you know, um, I'm a big, I'm a big boy, all right? Like, I don't really have thick skin, I'm not going to lie to you, but I can take a good punch here. But I'm not going to spin your wheels. One of the things that's really gotten under my skin for a long time is people, even on the right, kind of poked a lot of fun at us. All right. It's okay. It happens. You're in the space. You're a public figure now. And sometimes people don't agree with your theories. And But it was kind of vicious. I had said oh, probably close to two years ago that I felt like the CIA was misleading the FBI. And some of these sources I had had told me the same. And even some of my own listeners said, oh, Dan, that's BS. Why are you giving Comey a pass? Oh, I'm not giving Comey a pass. This show is going to wrap today on a thorough, complete indictment of the snake, horrible human being Jim Comey is. But even my own audience, some of you email me saying, no, no, they weren't misled. The FBI knew exactly what they're doing. No, they didn't. I'm telling you, I was right. The FBI was wrong. What they did was wrong. Really, really wrong. And I'll get to that at the end. But John Brennan unquestionably weaponized his powers to get them to use their law enforcement powers. Brennan didn't have any. To investigate Donald Trump. Bank on it. We were right. I'm telling you, we were right. Now, what's your evidence? Before we get started, folks, on the evidence, I just, again, I'm sorry, but the show is paid for by sponsors. We keep it free, and these are great companies. I don't have that many um, but I, today for the show, uh, but I really just want to make sure we row, we we go, we flow through this. So let me get through this one more because it's a great sponsor. They want to be here, and then we're going to rock and roll. Don't go anywhere. Today's show also brought to you by our buddies at Bravo Company Manufacturing. Ladies and gentlemen, I love Bravo Company Manufacturing. I do. I have, oh, I have two, maybe, maybe three now? I'm not sure. Two of their rifles, 
they are fantastic. Now, to be clear, if you're looking for a sporting arm, right? You're looking for sporting arms company, Bravo company, they're not your guy. Now, why would I say they're not your guys, right? Because Bravo company makes life-saving equipment in their rifles. These are precision quality handcrafted rifles made in Heartland, Wisconsin by Bravo company manufacturing, manufactured to a life-saving standard. What do I mean by that? They manufacture their rifles, not with the assumption, with the fact they know that one of their rifles, because they make life-saving equipment, is going to wind up in the hands of one of our military personnel, a police officer, law enforcement personnel, or a civilian who, God forbid, may need to use that piece of equipment in a life-saving situation. They are not messing around. It's not a sporting arms company. It's not. They make life-saving precision equipment. I have two of these rifles. I love them. They are on point every single time. They are elegant pieces of equipment that work as stated every single time without fail. Folks, I can't recommend their rifles highly enough. If you are in the market for a rifle and you need a piece of life-saving equipment, this is the company for you. Go to bravocompanymfg.com. That's bravocompanymfg, like Mary Frank George.com. bravocompanymfg.com. Discover more about their products, special offers, and upcoming news. That's bravocompanymfg.com. You need more convincing? Go check out their YouTube channel, youtube.com slash bravocompanyusa. Folks, Bravo Company has always put people before their products. They build their products because they feel it's their moral responsibility to provide the end user with a product that will work, a piece of life-saving equipment efficiently. God forbid they need it. Thank you, Bravo Company, for being on the show today. We really appreciate it. All right, now back to the evidence, back to the show. I'm telling you the CIA misled them. John Brennan misled the FBI into weaponizing their law enforcement powers. Now, that requires a couple of things. That required John Brennan at the CIA to lie about the information he had in the summer of 2016. That is why he is on tape, as I've shown you in recordings earlier this week and interviews he's done with NBC, where Brennan has clearly stated that he did not see the dossier until December of 2016. That is not possible, ladies and gentlemen. Brennan had based his entire case on the dossier, the Steele information, the Simpson information, and the information from others that I think is going to quake your boots. We'll get to that at a later date. I don't want to scoop anybody on that because it's theirs. More coming on that. Brennan had the information from Fusion, Simpson, and Steele earlier. Now, Brennan misleads the FBI because John Brennan knows, he must know at the time, that the information he's getting is coming from Fusion, Nellie Orr, Glenn Simpson. Now, you say, Dan, that's not possible. It's called the Steele dossier. As we covered earlier in the week, ladies and gentlemen, the reason it's called the Steele dossier is because the FBI needed a face for the dossier other than the political operatives, Simpson and Nellie Orr, Fusion GPS. They can't walk in front of a judge and say a political operative gave us information about Donald Trump. That would never pass. So what did they do? They get Steele, who was a former informant for the FBI, to slap his name on the dossier and pretend it's his. Now. Let's lay out the evidence that this is not Steele's dossier. And I'm telling you, Brennan knew it. Brennan knew this information was coming from Fusion, Nellie Orr, Ukraine. You get the panic now about Ukraine and elsewhere. Let's go to screenshot number one. This is a John Solomon piece in the show notes are a must read. If you don't read the show notes, you're doing yourself a huge disservice. John Solomon reports from yesterday. Quote. Steele's own dossier shows he began investigating Alpha Bank connections to the Kremlin about a month before the meeting with Kathleen Kavalek at the State Department. Penning a memo dated September 14, 2016, Russia-U.S. presidential election Kremlin Alpha Group cooperation. Steele misspelled the bank's name but suggested in the dossier it could be an avenue for Putin to influence the election. Alpha Bank long has denied any collusion and even sued Steele unsuccessfully for defamation. What does any of this have to do with Brennan understanding and knowing in the summer of 2016 that the dossier they were about to give to the FBI later was not Steele's. Ladies and gentlemen, as John Solomon puts, remember this Alpha Bank thing he just talked about? So the only thing I need you to take from that Solomon, I read it, I wanted to quote it, and it'll be in the show notes at John Solomon Reports. Please check it out at Bongino.com. Subscribe to my email list. We'll email this to you every day. Do not miss it. Open the email today. 
Where did we, Alpha Bank, you may be saying, what the heck is Alpha Bank? What does this have to do with anything? Folks, you remember the 2007, 2007 article by Glenn Simpson of Fusion GPS? Remember, he's paid by Hillary Clinton during the presidential campaign in 2016 to gin up information on Trump, but nobody can say it came from Glenn Simpson because he's a political hack. So all of a sudden in the dossier, this, this weird story about a bank called Alpha appears. Where did we hear Alpha before? Oh, that's right. Yes, the movie script. The Wall Street Journal article written by Simpson in 2007. Let me quote to you from that article. Leonid Ryman, a powerful member of Russia's cabinet and close ally of President Putin, uses a Washington's public relations consultant. Mr. Ryman is under federal investigation in the U.S. over money laundering and is locked in a high-stakes battle with Moscow conglomerate Alpha. Alpha for control of a Russian telecommunications empire. Alpha has paid Barbara Griffith and Rogers, the influential lobbying firm co-founded by Mississippi Governor Haley Barber, nearly $2 million in lobbying fees. So this is amazing, isn't it? Glenn Simpson back in 2007 writes this article about Russians trying to influence our politics, and he hones right in on Alpha. Alpha, Alpha Bank and all their influence and they're trying to influence U.S. politics. And magically, Christopher Steele puts in his dossier a whole big thing about Alpha that Christopher Steele's probably never even heard of or has heard of and only is tangentially related to. Isn't that magic? How Simpson seems to be overly concerned with Alpha and all of a sudden Steele does too. Remember what I'm talking about. Keep it all in perspective. The dossier was not written by Steele. They pretended it was written by Steele so a FISA judge would believe it was real. Brennan knew damn well this was fusion material. Brennan was in contact with Steele and people, I have no doubt, in the summer of 2016 and lied about it. He said he hadn't seen the dossier till December. They had to lie to the FBI to pretend the information was authentic and was coming from this Christopher Steele guy. It was not from Steele. Now you may say, let's look at the actual dossier. Again, hat tip my buddy 279, great source on this. Here's the actual dossier. Steele, air quotes, allegedly wrote. He didn't. Top level Russian official confirms current closest of Alpha Group Putin relationship. Now, folks, for some of you watching on the YouTube, youtube.com slash Bonjour again, sorry about the lighting, but we're in a hotel and I was not going to stay off the air today, no matter what. You need more proof that Steele knew nothing about Alpha, that Alpha Bank was a Simpson-generated conspiracy. Alpha is trying to communicate with Trump Tower to a Russian Alpha's, remember that? The Russian, the pings in Trump Tower. They said Alpha Bank in Russia had a connection with the Trump Tower. Uh, that was the Alpha Bank conspiracy theory that was debunked. You think if Steele, who wrote the dossier, knew so much about Alpha Bank trying to collude with Trump to a server in Trump Tower and Alpha Bank in Russia, you would think Steele would be able to spell the name right. Notice how he spells it. Alpha. A-L-P-H-A. Ladies and gentlemen, that's not how Alpha Bank or Alpha Group is spelled. It's A-L-F-A. As I've said to you, as Simpson appropriately spells it in his 2007 article about Alpha Bank. Tell me again how this is Steele's dossier. So the super sleuth on the Russia desk, Christopher Steele, the FBI is supposed to trust enough to get a FISA warrant against Donald Trump, writes about Alpha Bank connecting with Trump Tower on this cryptic internet connection to transmit information to Trump Tower, and he can't even spell the name of it right? Simpson spelled it right back in 2007 when he suspected Alpha of Soviet influence. Tell me again how this is Steele's dossier. He can't even spell. What have I told you over and over? This is a spy story for idiots. Idiots. He didn't even spell the name of the bank right. Remember what we're talking about. I'm sorry, but redundancy matters here. I cannot tell you this enough. You can't leave this episode with any open questions. Some of you fast learners already get it. 
Brennan in the summer of 2016 needs the FBI. Brennan has no criminal authority at all. The FBI does. Brennan is clearly getting information from Simpson, from Steele, from Nellie Orr at Fusion GPS, acting not as a CIA director, but as a political activist for Barack Obama. In order to push the FBI to open an investigation, he has to feed them this information, but he cannot tell them it came from Steele. He needs the FBI when Steele approaches them later through the Department of Justice and Bruce Orr on July 30th. He needs the FBI to believe that the information they get on July 30th and that they start to get in November when they get the dossier, that it's confirmation of information Brennan's given him separately. It's the same information from the same guys. Brennan knows it's not Steele's dossier. It's Simpsons. And more. From John Solomon Reports article, number two, more evidence the dossier was not written by Steele. Steele was a front, the patsy the whole time. Interesting. Quote, separately, former FBI General Counselor James Baker told Congress last year he received similar allegations about Alpha Bank from a DNC lawyer named Michael Sussman and provided it to agents in the Russia case in late summer, early fall of 2016. Wow. So the same time Brennan is pushing this Alpha Bank conspiracy through Fusion GPS that had written about it in 2007, Alpha Bank's communicating with Trump Tower. It's illicit operation. A DNC lawyer by the name of Michael Sussman is also feeding the Alpha Bank conspiracy theory to a top lawyer at the FBI, James Baker. Was Sussman talking to Brennan? That'd be weird as Joe plays that always, that Pee Wee Herman cut. That'd be weird a little bit, wouldn't it? What's a DNC lawyer doing communicating with the FBI about a conspiracy theory that the FBI themselves debunked? There was no Alpha Bank connection. It was spam email. But there was an Alpha Bank connection, according to Glenn Simpson, who believed in it wholeheartedly. He actually begged the FBI and said, don't believe the reports. It's a conspiracy theory. Oh, it's real. It's so real. I thought that was Steele's dossier about Alpha Bank. Why are you so concerned about Alpha that Steele can't spell right? Because it's not Steele's dossier. It's Simpson's. It's political information Brennan knows he has. He's feeding to the FBI, pretending it's intelligence product. You get it? This is a scam. That's why Brennan's got his diapers on. Oh, this gets better, folks. Yeah, this gets a lot better. Believe me, I wish it didn't. You're looking at the biggest political scandal in American history. Let's go back to the movie script, the 2007 Glenn Simpson article, which I'm telling you is the dossier written 12 years ago. I want you to pay very close attention to this name that creeps up, Demetrio Fertesh, in this quote. This is from the Glenn Simpson's 2007 article. Global Options has worked with former Soviet businessmen in the past. In 2004, Mr. Livingstone said lobbyists at Barbara Griffith introduced Global Options to a Cypress-based firm called High Rock Holdings. High Rock is controlled by Dmitryo Fertash, a Ukrainian businessman who acknowledges the company's major shareholders once included Mr. Moglevich's wife. Listen to this. In 2003, 2005, this is Glenn Simpson writing this. Mr. Furtash brokered several, several billion dollar deals between Gazprom and the government of Ukraine. They netted big profits for High Rock and criticism from the U.S. ambassador to Ukraine at the time for the lack of the deal's transparency. So just to be clear, back in 2007, Glenn Simpson's investigating potential Ukrainian corruption with natural gas and petroleum products as related to a guy um, he's looking at, too, by the name of Demetrio Furtash. You may say, well, how does this stuff relate to the dossier and what's happening with Ukraine and the New York City bar that wants Bill Barr not looking into Ukraine and the Democrats threatening impeachment over Ukraine? What are they so worried about in Ukraine? Let's go back to some of John Solomon's reporting from The Hill earlier. 
Glenn Simpson, who I'm telling you wrote most of the dossier, I'm sure of it at this point, had significant input into it. Remember, it was supposed to be the Steele dossier. Simpson was really interested in Demetrio Fertash, and so were a lot of other people. From John Solomon's piece at the Hill. Oh, look at this one. Headline, George Soros' secret 2016 access to the State Department exposes the big money hypocrisy of Democrats. Quote, likewise, George Soros set out a bold vision in a 2014 memo for his Open Society Foundation to help root out corruption in Ukraine. So Soros is involved in Ukraine? He wanted to build a civil society after uh, the Maidan revolution ousted the country's Russia-friendly president. George Soros' little uh, open society, they work with the Department of Justice officials to leverage the so-called kleptocracy initiative to fight corruption. The initiative enabled DOJ to prosecute or seek asset forfeitures from foreigners suspected of corruption, even if it didn't occur on U.S. soil. Such initiatives are noble in principle, but in Ukraine, some targets had political and business implications as well. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, here is the fish hook you never saw coming. For example, one DOJ investigation, remember, Soros is pushing these investigations, in 2014, targeted Ukrainian oligarch Dmitry Fertash. Wow, that's the same guy in the 2007 Glenn Simpson article. He's an enemy of Soros, too? Wow. Quote, he and Soros both have significant energy interests in Europe, and they have rival plans to rebuild Ukraine. After Fertash's indictment, Soros' business announced plans to invest $1 billion in Ukraine. Okie jokes. So now we know a couple of things. We know Simpson's very interested in Demetrio Fertes as far back in 2007. We know someone else is interested in Demetrio Fertes too. The State Department seems very interested in Demetrio Fertes. So does the DOJ. And so does George Soros, who considers him a rival. Considers him an enemy. Isn't it fascinating how he keeps appearing? George Soros, a George Soros enemy, keeps appearing in this story. Demetrio Fertash, oh, he appears again. And he also appears in 2007 in the Simpson article that I'm telling you is the foundation for the dossier. It gets better. So Soros' enemies are being targeted by the DOJ. Let's go back to John Solomon. Another John Solomon piece at the Hill. Folks, this story only gets better. It was a justice official in Ukraine that told Solomon, quote, he was stunned when the ambassador, our ambassador to Ukraine, that is, gave him a list of people they should not prosecute. The list included a founder of a group and two members of parliament who vocally supported the group's anti-corruption reform agenda, according to a source familiar with the meeting. Turns out that the group Ukrainian law enforcement was probing at the time was co-funded by the Obama administration and liberal mega donor George Soros. Wow, we're not allowed to mention Soros according to Media Matters. Yeah, okay, sure. I take my instructions from uh, Media Matters. I think not. Now we double down because Media Matters, the, whenever Media Matters freaks out, you know you're onto something because these hacks are deep state tyrants. They always have been. Bunch of loser, snuggy wearing zeros. They're terrified anytime you mention this. Turns out it was collaborating with FBI agents investigating then Trump campaign manager Paul Manafort's business activities with pro Russian figures in Ukraine. Isn't that amazing? So apparently there were at least allegations that our diplomats overseas in Ukraine, while they were colluding with the Obama administration to pass information about then candidate Trump on from Ukraine also had some kind of do not prosecute list. And one of those people who entered that, according to John Solomon, were people associated with George Soros who were targeting Soros's rival, Demetrio Fertash. May say I'm still missing the link to the dossier. Get the Alpha Bank thing. Okay. Simpson wrote about Alpha Bank. All of a sudden, Steele's writing about Alpha Bank. He can't even spell it right. Clearly a connection there which steals information to Simpson. I get that. But I'm missing this Fertash Ukraine Soros. I'm not really getting what's going on there. Oh, you will. Let's go on to some excellent work by our compatriot here, Chuck Ross at the Daily Caller, who's done a little work on another project George Soros was involved in. This is just fascinating. 
Tat tip Chuck Ross. Headline, firms tied to Fusion GPS. Christopher Steele were paid $3.8 million by a Soros-backed group. So Soros is investigating a guy Simpson was investigating, who happens to be his Ukrainian business rival. At the same time, the Obama DOJ allegedly was telling Ukrainians not to prosecute these people. Wow. Let's go to Chuck Ross's piece. A nonprofit group partially funded by billionaire activist George Soros paid firms tied to Fusion GPS and dossier author Christopher Steele more than $3.8 million in 2017 to provide research and analysis to, quote, government entities. The payments made by the Democracy Integrity Project are more than three times what the DNC and the Clinton campaign paid Fusion GPS and Steele during the 2016 presidential campaign to investigate Donald Trump's possible ties to Russia. Isn't that cutesy? So Soros's billionaire money is flowing to groups tied to Fusion GPS, run by a guy who's already targeted Soros's enemy in Ukraine, Dmitry Ofertesh, and is also targeting Soros's enemy in Donald Trump and Hillary's. At the same time, a guy named Christopher Steele surfaces as a face of a fake hoax document that clearly has information only known or, 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 or focused on by Christopher Steele, I mean, by Glenn Simpson. How much of this does Brennan know? How much of this did Brennan hide? Let me tie this up for you and circle right back to the beginning with this second takeaway from Chuck Ross's excellent work over at The Daily Caller. Remember, Soros' money is all over the setup. Quote, Chuck Ross, according to a New Yorker article published on October 15, 2018, an unidentified Democratic senator other than Mark Warner contacted Dan Jones in early 2017 to review data related to Alpha Bank, a Russian bank whose computer servers allegedly had back-channel contacts with Trump Organization computers. Oh, folks, this is just peachy today. So now we find out that another Democratic senator, likely on the Senate Intel Committee, not Mark Warner, the other hack who's working with Dan Jones, is working with Dan Jones, who runs the Democracy Integrity Project, taking Soros's money, helping fund Fusion GPS. And we know that another Democrat senator calls up the guy taking Soros's money to run this Fusion GPS product and says, hey, uh, what do you know about this Alpha Bank thing? Alpha Bank, you know, the same thing that appears in the 2007 movie script by Glenn Simpson and also appears in the dossier by Steele, who can't even spell Alpha Bank right? Tell me again how Steele wrote the dossier. Tell me again whose money went into it. Funny how they're investigating Soros's business rivals in, in Ukraine, yet Soros's team always appears on a do not prosecute list. Funny how all these Ukrainian officials who may have been involved are all whistleblowers now to get Donald Trump impeached before their massive malfeasance and corruption comes out. Funny how John Brennan's in a panic because he says he had nothing to do with Steele or his dossier until December. Yet we know in August, in the summer of 2016, Brennan was already spreading the dossier and the information up on Capitol Hill because people took notes and wrote down what Brennan said and then sent letters to the FBI with information only in the dossier, which they claimed was written by Steele. But I'm telling you, has Simpson's footprints and Soros's money all over it. All right, we'll get right back to it in a second. One more sponsor for today, and we are gonna we are gonna wrap this thing up in a bow and blow your mind. All right, today's show also brought to you by buddies at Simply Safe. We just installed Paul and I Simply Safe in our, our new house. We love it. It is so easy to use. Paula hooked it up. What would you say? Less than an hour, easy. Uh, very simple to use. We love Simply Safe for home security. Simply Safe. That's S I M P L I safe.com slash Dan Bongino. Get free shipping and a 60-day risk-free trial. We love Simply Safe. My background's in security. I won't use any other system right now. A recent Gallup survey shows Americans worry more about burglary than almost any other crime. Of course, no one wants people violating the sanctity of their own home more than mugging, more than terrorism, more than car theft, and even murder. According to studies, just over 10% of break-ins are planned. A lot of extemporaneous break-ins on the spot. The risks, they're spur of the moment. A lot of these crimes of opportunity. Random. 
Most break-ins happen between the hours of 6A and 6P. Do you know that? Right in the middle of the day. According to the FBI, the average loss on a burglary is over $2,000. That's hard to recover from, folks. There are over 2 million burglaries reported every year. That's one every 13 seconds. What's crazy is only one in five homes have home security, maybe because most companies don't really make it that easy. Simply Safe does. It was super easy for us to install. Simply Safe is my top choice. Simply Safe protects your whole home, every window, room, and door with 24 7 monitoring for just a fraction of the cost. Their police dispatch is up to three and a half times faster because they use video verification. They don't waste the police officer's time. It'll blend right into your home. No wires, no drilling. It's easy to order, easy to use, usually in under under an hour. It took us just about an hour to put together. No problem. Very simple. Very easy to use. I'm not even that tech savvy. It was that simple. Visit simplysafe.com slash Dan Bongino. You'll get free shipping and a 60-day risk-free trial. You've got nothing to lose. Go now. Be sure. Go to simplysafe.com slash Dan Bongino. They know our show sent you then. That's simplysafe.com slash Dan Bongino. Support Simply Safe. Support the show. We appreciate it. Simplysafe.com slash Dan Bongino. Thank you very much, Simply Safe, for being here. Really appreciate it. Okay. Before I move on, I want to put some icing on the cake and I want to hat tip uh, a friend, Lee Smith, who used to write over a tablet mag. I'm not sure where he is now, but Lee Smith, he has a book coming out soon, which I'll be sure to highlight on my show, um, has a piece up at Tablet Mag. It's an older piece. It's in the show notes today, but my gosh, is it worth your time? I've cited it extensively. The piece is titled, Did President Obama Read the Steele Dossier in the White House Last August? Ladies and gentlemen, that's not possible, right? Because the White House has had no no involvement in this at all. Of course, Obama was hands off. He's their golden calf on the left. And not only that, Obama's CIA director, John Brennan, who clearly would have known about this, has already said to circle back to the beginning of the show that he hasn't seen the dossier. He didn't see it until December of 2016. So how could he bring it to Obama in August, August, December, August, December? Somebody's lying. Let's check out what Lee Smith had to write in this piece to show you again that this dossier was a political document. It was never Steele's work. Quote, in a Facebook post from June 24, 2017, the tablet is seen in screenshots. Mary Jacoby, that's Glenn Simpson's wife, claimed that her husband Glenn deserved the lion's share of credit for Russiagate. Quote from her Facebook post. It's come to my attention that some people still don't realize what Glenn's role was in exposing Putin's control of Donald Trump, Jacoby wrote. Let's be clear. Listen to this. I thought it was a steel dossier. This is Glenn Simpson's wife. Quote, let's be clear. Glenn conducted the investigation. Glenn hired Chris Steele. Chris Steele worked for Glenn. Lee Smith goes on, this assertion is hardly a simple assertion of family pride. It goes directly to the nature of what became known as the Steele dossier on which the entire case is founded. Why did they need Steele? Because folks, Steele had been a trusted FBI source. Brennan and his cronies and everybody else involved knew if the information came from Simpson, a paid political hack who his wife just clearly throws under the bus idiotically in a Facebook post she deletes. They knew the information wouldn't be trusted because Simpson was a paid political hack. Steele had been a trusted source before. It was not Steele's information. Lee Smith goes on. Keep in mind, before I read this, Obama's always claimed he didn't know anything about anything about anything. Remember Susan Rice's email? We did everything by the book. Brennan has already said on the record, I didn't see anything until December. Oh, really? Let's go back to Lee Smith's piece. Quote, in contrast to the FBI, according to Jacoby, the CIA, quote, hopped to and immediately worked to verify it. Talking about the dossier. Listen to this, folks. By August of 2016, the CIA had verified the key finding of the dossier to the point that, as the Washington Post revealed, it was having eyes-only top-secret meetings with Obama about it? What? Former CIA Director John Brennan testified in front of the House Intelligence Committee that uh, in May that the dossier wasn't part of the corpus of intel information they had on Obama. It wasn't used in any way as a basis. Wow, that's fascinating. How is that even possible, folks? How's that possible? John Brennan told us he didn't see the dossier 
until December. Now we're finding out there were eyes only. We found out in the past, as I've been, again, been pushing to you for two years now. Brennan knows the whole time this is a hoax political document. He's in the White House briefing Obama about it in August. Why do you think him and Comey are not friends anymore? Comey is getting ready to throw Brennan under the bus. Remember, Comey's the only one who refers to Mifsud as a Russian agent. I'll get to that in a second. Oh, I got a lot more, folks. Gosh, I wish I had more time on this show sometimes. Let me go to the third takeaway from Lee Smith's piece, again, which will be in the show notes at Bongino.com. Last August, the White House began convening high-level meetings to discuss Russian interference in the 2016 election. Wow, how's that? It began, according to a June 23rd, 2017 Washington Post article, when an envelope with extraordinary handling restrictions arrived at the White House sent by courier from the CIA. It had eyes-only instructions that its content be shown to just four people, Barack Obama and three senior aides. When did Mary Jacoby, Glenn Simpson's wife, ladies and gentlemen, when did she write that Facebook post? She wrote that Facebook post the day after that Washington Post article about the secret file, the dossier. She wrote it the day after that article was written about Brennan's CIA delivering a document to the White House. So let's get this straight. A secret document in the summer of 2016, probably the dossier, is delivered by Brennan, who claims he hasn't seen it until December with eyes-only instructions for Obama, who claims he had nothing to do with the dossier. The next day, remember, it's supposed to be the Steele dossier, right? The guy who really writes it, Glenn Simpson and his company, Fusion GPS, wife puts out a Facebook post after it gets out in the Washington Post that the secret document made its way to Obama that her husband's the one who really took down Trump. That Steele, who allegedly wrote the dossier, worked for my husband, Glenn. And then she deletes it. Oh, this is going to get good. Folks, I can't. I mean, listen, I, you have to come back on Monday, too, because I have got way. This is a lot of information. I want you to digest this. I want you to take the weekend. I'm not done yet, but I want you to take the weekend. I've got a lot more. And I am going to blow your mind on Monday. I'm telling you, there is more coming. We have just scratched the surface. I never thought I'd say it, but there may actually be a book three here. So remember as well, there's another angle to this. So just to tie that up, Simpson has heavy input into the dossier. They can't give that to the FBI saying it's Simpson's work because he's a paid political operative. So they pretend Steele wrote it. Brennan knows this. We now know Simpson had heavy input into the dossier because his 2007 Wall Street Journal piece, some of the same information and players Furtash, Alpha Bank, some of these same people appear either in the dossier or the people who appear in the 2007 arc like Furtash are enemies of people like Soros who are clearly funding the effort to get the dossier going. Brennan clearly knows this. But Brennan says he hasn't seen any of it until December. But as Lee Smith has already reported, there are briefings in August and in the summer at the White House about a strange document that arrived from Brennan's CIA with eyes only for Barack Obama and three staffers. What was that document? Was it the Simpson dossier that was being funded by Soros, who was on a do not prosecute list with some of his uh, associates in Ukraine based on Obama's State Department people overseas? Let me give you one other interesting angle on this, and I'm going to have to wrap it there. You know what? Well, let's power through this because it's important. Margot Cleveland, who's done some spectacular work over at the Federalist, had an interesting takeaway. Remember how Clapper, Clapper's distancing himself totally from Papadopoulos. He says, uh, I showed you in the other show, a PJ Media article with Clapper, Jim Clapper, the DNI, says, listen, I don't know anything about Papadopoulos until I left office. There's a piece by Margot Cleveland. If you expect, if you inspect the FISA applications closely, more mysteries arise about Joseph Mifsud. Remember, Papadopoulos is only interesting in this case because an alleged Russian agent, Joseph Mifsud, approaches him and says, hey, we've got dirt on Hillary or dirt on the DNC. The Russians have dirt on Hillary. Ladies and gentlemen, that was a setup. We now know that. Now, showing you again 
how I believe Brennan misled the CIA, but the Brennan CIA misled the FBI again. Remember, Jim Comey is the only one who writes in a Washington Post op-ed, the only one who still believes Misuba is a Russian agent. Why would he say that? I believe he said that because Brennan, I believe, misled him again into believing Mifsud was a Russian agent, knowing Mifsud was setting Papadopoulos up the whole time. Check out this piece by Margot Cleveland. Check out the snippet from this piece. No, that's not it. That's not it, but that's all right. Well, yeah, that's not the... Uh, folks, here, I'm sorry, we're on the road, so it's just very complicated, my show today. There's a, I'm going to have to play the rest for you this on Monday. We just had some real serious coordination problems today, and the internet's not great here, and I'm desperately trying to get you a show out. Remember I had brought up to you last week, Mifsud, they questioned Papadopoulos about Mifsud, and they asked Papadopoulos to wear a wire on Mifsud. Why would the FBI ask Papadopoulos to wear a wire on Mifsud if Mifsud was working with the FBI as a setup? Because he wasn't. He was working with intel agencies, and I believe Brennan knew about it. Conveniently, Margot Cleveland, I'll get you the footnote and the, the information on Monday. I'm sorry. I don't have it right now. It's my fault. There's a footnote. They interview Papadopoulos in January. They interview him again later on, and they never bring up Mifsud again after asking him to wear a wire. Why? Because they interview Mifsud in February, and I believe the FBI figures it out. The FBI and Comey's FBI figures out that they've been misled by Brennan into believing Mifsud was a Russian agent. And conveniently, a footnote appears in the FISA after that, where the FBI is desperately trying to avoid a FOIA request that would expose a source. Who was that source? Was it Mifsud? Was it a CIA source they'd been burned on and they didn't want to admit it? All right, let's wrap this up. Let's tie this up in a little ball here. Now, the premise I've been operating on the entire time for this show, John Brennan misled the FBI. He misled them about Steele. He understood all the while this was political information from Fusion. He pretended he wasn't dealing with Steele or anyone else. That way, when Steele went to the FBI later, Brennan could say, look, that information I told you, this guy says it too. He doesn't say it too. It was his stuff, him and Simpson. The FBI is perplexed by this. Let's go to Lisa Page's testimony I've been promising you all week. Lisa Page, lawyer for the FBI, who is intimately involved in this case from soup to nuts, start to finish, is being questioned by Mark Meadows. Remember, John Brennan goes up to Capitol Hill in August of 2016 and briefs Harry Reid about information only in the Simpson Steele dossier, despite the fact that he said he hasn't seen it till December. He misled the FBI. Well, Mark Meadows asks Lisa Page about that August meeting. Here's her answer. Miss Page. So I don't understand why you're saying this. Whatever is in the, whatever occurs between Brennan and Reed, I don't get it. I don't understand what the relationship to the dossier is. That's what I'm not following. Meadows responds. So the dossier apparently was mentioned. In fact, we have documents that would suggest that in the briefing, the dossier was mentioned to Harry Reed. And obviously we're going to have conversations. Does that surprise you? Lisa Page. Totally surprises me. More from Lisa Page. Here's a second part of her testimony. Just to be clear, I don't think she's lying here, folks. She's not innocent in this at all. But I think she's genuinely stunned that Brennan had the dossier Simpson Steele information in the summer because they thought they had it first. And they were wondering why all this information we're getting from Brennan seemed to corroborate what they had because it was, it was the same information. Miss Page, she says, yes, sir, because with all due honesty, if Director Brennan, so we got that information from our source, right? She's talking about Steele. The FBI got this information from our source. If the CIA had another source of that information, they didn't. It was Steele. I am neither aware of that, nor did the CIA provide it to us if they did. Because the first time we, and Meadows interrupts her, we do know there are multiple sources, he says. Page says, yeah, I do know that. I do know that the information ultimately found its way to a lot of places, certainly in October of 2016. But if the CIA, as early as August, in fact, had those same reports, I'm not aware of that. I'm not aware of that, nor do I believe they provided them to us. And that would be unusual. <laughs> I'm telling you, I don't think Paige is lying. They know Brennan has smoked them up the whole time. You want some more evidence? Check out this Peter Stroke email to his colleagues investigating this case. 
Peter Stroke, lead FBI investigator, who again has been smoked up by Brendan the whole time. I'm beginning to think the agency got info a lot earlier than we thought and hasn't shared it completely with us. Might explain all these weird, seemingly incorrect leads all the media folks have. Would also highlight the agency as a source of some of those leaks. I'm beginning to think the CIA got information earlier than they thought. Why would he email his colleagues that? He didn't know we were going to read his emails later. Folks, these people are not innocent. Please don't email me. I'm letting, the FBI is 100% culpable here too. They know in January of 2017, Christopher Steele's a fraud and so are his sources, period. I'm only focusing on Brennan now because Brennan, I believe, may have some civil or criminal liability now that a criminal probe is open because I am 100% sure that he is not telling the truth. And I'm reasonably confident that he knew the entire time he was passing off political information to the FBI and disguising it as an intelligence product and smoking up the FBI as to the origins of it. Finally, and what I believe is one of the most damning communications yet, this is Peter Stroke's text to his girlfriend, Lisa Page, who's confused, totally confused about how the CIA had this information earlier. Quote, This is after election day, folks, when Trump wins. All caps here with all. We need all of their names to scrub. And we should give them the hours for the same purpose. Stroke email page. It's a day after the election. Folks, after Trump wins, somebody must get wind at the FBI that the information they've been getting from the CIA they thought was from multiple sources was really just from the same guy who'd been talking to them. Steal through Simpson. They panic after election day and they need the names to scrub. They want the confidential informant lists. Are we sure Brennan had different sources here? I've got a lot more on Monday, folks. I've got to run today, but I promised you I'd leave you with this and I don't want to forget. In case you think this is in any way an indemnification of the upper level management at the FBI, who engaged in horrendous atrocities here. It is not. They know absolutely by January that this case is a fraud. But I want to point out a tweet by our friends, uh, our friend over at Technofog on Twitter. This broke yesterday too. Breaking, Sidney Powell, Mike Flynn's lawyer, had a filing in Mike Flynn's case. Remember, who was targeted by these same cabal of idiots. Oh, Lisa Page, the same Lisa Page who seems perplexed by Brennan's information in the summer of 2016. Did she edit the Flynn 302? Remember the FBI interview report where they said Flynn was lying, even though they went back to headquarters and said Flynn wasn't lying when they interviewed him? Did she edit that? Did Jim Clapper, the DNI who's panicking right now and best buds with Comey, tell a Washington Post reporter, according to Technofog's tweet, Tell Washington reporter, Washington Post reporter Ignatius to basically take the kill shot on Flynn. Folks, buckle up. Get your popcorn. There's more coming. Don't miss Monday's show. Thanks for tuning in. I really appreciate your patience today. Sorry, road shows are a little difficult for us. Apologize, the lighting's a little bad. But if you are listening on the audio and you want to check out the YouTube, please check it out. We have a ton of screenshots. Maybe a little more helpful to see it in visual. YouTube.com slash Bongino. Spread this show everywhere. Everybody's entitled to the truth. Thanks again. I'll see you all tomorrow. Good day, sir. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.